Hey everybody, so I'm adding this in after because we messaged the poutinery, we showed them our video, they loved it, and they've said to us that if you watch this and you go to their website and you order a poutine meal kit, you can get 20% off. All you have to do is use the code uh, SPEN and Nick. So go over there, give it a try, see what you think, nothing to lose. Um, that's pretty cool, right? So let's go back to the video. The few moments, Himo, that you've interjected <laughs> on this episode have just taken it from a, I'd say, an eight up to at least an 8.1. I mean, at least <laughs> a nine. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 46 of The Spen and Nick Show. And this week, we're talking about how to take your offline business and take it online. Okay, Spencer, this one's all yours today. What are we talking about? Go on, let us know. We all know that retail and hospitality industries have been completely decimated by COVID-19. And it means that those small businesses, those small locally run businesses like cafes, like food trucks, like hotels, all of those great places that we used to love to go to have been completely ruined financially and are really struggling now to make ends meet and to try and turn their business around. So we think there is an opportunity with all of these businesses that even when you're going through the most difficult and challenging of times, innovation and looking at things differently can actually increase your business, even the business that you had pre-COVID-19, by just taking a look, different look at some of the things that you can be doing. So we're going to be looking at the poutine man who has a food truck that generally is around kind of East London areas, or at least it used to be around the East London areas, uh, serving poutine, the amazing Canadian uh, dish of, what is that? It's like chips, gravy, cheese curds, all thrown in together. Absolutely incredible. Perfect, I think for a Friday lunchtime when you're having a cheeky, maybe even a cheeky beer as well for a Friday lunchtime, dare we say it. <laughs> having a, having that a cheat meal. You're having a cheat meal. Cheat meal, exactly. Well needed after a hard, hard week's work. So what we're going to do is talk about how the poutine guy has basically taken his business online that's meant a sore in growth and even more business than he was doing before. But first we're gonna look at what his value proposition, his business model canvas was before the change and then we'll look at the things that he's changed in order to implement what is actually a really successful business model and change. I, th I think there's a really good reason why we do it as well because it helps us understand the business very, very quickly and get an in-depth kind of analysis of it. Um, yeah, much easier than any other way of doing it because otherwise you get hear a lot of words, you hear a lot of blah, 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 but it doesn't make any sense. Hopefully, it will be crystal clear to you how this business went from our oh, pre-COVID to post-COVID successfully kind of thriving. So go on, Spencer, let's get into it. You're absolutely right. And I think there's going to be some takeaways with this for so many different organisations that are trying to figure out something new. So let's have a look at what the Poutine poutine guy was all about for, to start with so it was all really about takeaway lunches he wanted to create the best poutine in town have this lovely um, food truck basically set up across different locations it was awesome because you're local to it and it's easy it's so easy to go down to one of those food markets get amazing uh 
portion of poutine, take you back to the office or go and sit in a park or something. And it's just super, super simple to do. So that's what the value proposition was all about. That really kind of focusing on the takeaway lunches and the local markets. Now, in terms of the customer relationships, the customer segments, this is really focusing on those local workers. This is why East End of London was really great for it because you've got obviously Tech City around there. You've got all of the, the tech companies. You've got the, the city as well. So all the financial services companies and, and all that kind of thing. Really low local proximity, but it's quite a cool and kind of um, urban, nice urban area. So really perfect for, for this kind of food and these kind of food markets. Often it was regulars. So we had an amazing relationship with loads of people, got on well, you have a really good chat. You kind of talk about how things are going, how business is going and all that kind of thing as well. But it was always serving those regulars. One of the channels that was really good, obviously he's got regular footfall and like people go into the market, they're just looking for food or they're not necessarily seeking out poutine, but they're just looking for great food. But also what he did was had this really great Instagram channel. And it, what he would do is say where he was going to be each week. So you knew that like Friday is going to be at Brick Lane or on a Thursday he might be at Spitalfields or close to Spitalfields market or whatever it was, he would make sure he t he's telling people where he's going to be. So you know that that's something you're going to be looking forward to, which is a really great channel, a great way to get people excited about going uh, and getting poutine on that day. So if we move to the other side of the business model, we look at the key partners firstly, key partner on this one is basically the market manager, like making sure that you've got your pitch, making sure you've got your stand all ready and that you've got all of the relationships that you need to have in order to go and basically run your market and run your food store. Um, the key activity is pretty straightforward in this instance. It's basically setting up the stand, setting up the truck, uh, cooking and doing all the food prep beforehand basically getting ready for that lunch rush, uh, which always was as well. The poutine was always like the longest queue in the food, the food markets as well. Um, key resources, of course, you've got to make sure you've got that market pitch and you've got that set up. You've got to make sure you've got the kitchen staff and the service staff as well. So it's quite a lot of preparation that goes into any food before you even get to the site. So making sure you've got your gravy, making sure you've got your cheese curds, making sure the chips are all prepared and cooked. And These are key resources, my friend. These resource. are key resources. They are key resources make sure you've got your prep kitchen if you don't have your prep you've got no chance of getting this successful uh for the lunch for the lunch service super simple stuff um cost structures again this is pretty straightforward you've got your salary that you're paying yourself or your staff you've got of course the rent of the kitchen that you're doing all of your food prep for you've got the ingredients, of course, you've got the potatoes, you've got all the raw ingredients that go into preparing the poutine at the end. And of course, you've got your pitch fee. So every for every market that you go to, you've got to pay your fee. So essentially, that's pretty much the cost structure onto the revenue. Man, we're going fast paced here, but I think it's really important. Pretty, pretty simple one as well. Uh, the revenue uh, streams, it's pretty straightforward. It's a trans transactional sale. You know, you're giving what nine quid or whatever it is, nine pounds or what eight, whatever it was, um, for, for for basically lunch. And that lunch, that lunch is going to be like a mountain of food that's going to get you through probably the next day, if not the next two days, if you wanted it to. It's an enormous amount of food. So transactional sales, just to get your lunch and be super satisfied at the end of it. How does that sound? Is that was the basic model? Yeah, I think I, I feel like I understand the business really well very very quickly um and so what's interesting is now what everybody's like waiting for is well, what the hell did they do to be able to turn it online this is the moment of truth can you put us out of our misery please and on the on the basis of what it was 
it's very difficult to take something like that online. It's a food truck you're expecting foot for. You want people to come to you. How do you take that online? How do you do something different? Well, here's the thing that he did. In fact, what we'll do is we'll talk through in exactly that same order what he actually did. So the value proposition is, again, it's all about poutine. It's the best poutine in town, but it's the best poutine in town at your home. Okay, so thinking about the home, uh, people working from home, people wanting maybe dinner, poutine dinners now. So you need to make it really easy to make, really easy to order. And it's all about the meal kits. So the actual value proposition, the thing that you're buying is a meal kit of poutine. So separate components that you put together and cook yourself. But it needs to be super easy to order and super easy to make. So a lot of preparation has already gone into these meal kits to start with. Again, customer relationships. Yeah, we're still talking about regulars. But what he's trying to do now is build an online community of people as well, particularly pushing through Instagram and those kind of things. So he's getting people to take photos or videos of themselves preparing and finishing off their poutine kits maybe with their poutine at home and a beer just to kind of celebrate those are the really great regular um, ways of encouraging that community of regulars to continue to be actively involved in what they're doing so again the customer segments pretty much the same people still looking to target people who come from those kind of tech and uh, and office based worlds perhaps but maybe working from home now they are looking for to carry on the things that they love about about work, about being able to work in the town, in, in the city. Um, and so what better way to do this than providing what they were used to eating, but you, you're getting it at home. Now, of course, you need to be able to order these things. So it's about the online shop. So rather than Instagram being the thing that was pushing uh, when he was going to be at a certain location, now Instagram's encouraging people to get on to the online store, online shop, so that they can order these food kits, mm-hmm. which is a really great way to get the channel, but also tra- like get to that transactional sale they're looking for as well. Okay, on to the key partners, activities, and resources. We don't, we no longer need that that key relationship with the marketing manager because we don't even have a, a market that we're running now. So the difference here is that you've got to have a good relationship with the delivery service because you need to make sure your food is getting to your customers in a timely manner, but also in a way, a way that doesn't kind of ruin uh, or spoil that food. So the other key partner here is Shopify. And of course, you can use loads of different services, but essentially you need to be able to get that transactional payment via an online service. And so Shopify is a really great way to do that because it's, it handles all of that backend stuff for you. I think it's a partnership because I think without that, the whole business model kind of fails. So it's a really key, key part of it. Um, the key resources, a lot of similarities here. They don't, you don't need the pitch anymore, but you still need the kitchen prep. You still need the staff, the kitchen and the, and the uh, lesser service staff, I guess, but definitely the kitchen staff that are going to be able to prepare and package that food now. And then, of course, key activity being preparing these orders, preparing all the food, getting them packaged up, making sure they're boxed, ready for the delivery and getting them out the door when ready as well. Cost structures, again, fairly similar here. Still got the salaries, still got the raw ingredients, still got the rent of the kitchen preparation. And of course, instead of a pitch fee now for the market, we've got the Shopify subscription as the main main body of the cost structure. And there'll be some kind of transactional fee with that as well. Check out Shopify for what that is. Um, And then of course, the revenue streams, again, it's pretty much the same. It's transaction, transactional sales. Instead of buying your lunch, what you're doing now is buying your meal kit. I think, 
and actually Himo, you were the person that suggested this. I think a really interesting one for them to be thinking about is a subscription model. Imagine if you could get a monthly subscription to to your poutine. So every and from a poutine seller's perspective, that would be amazing because you've got really a load of certainty in your business model about what people are expecting. In fact, did you have you read the news about Pret having a coffee subscription service? No, I haven't. This looks amazing. It's incredibly cheap. I think it's like, I can't remember how much, like 10 or 15 pounds for as much, up to five coffees or five drinks each day per month. So it's amazing value. And they're obviously trying to get people into the, into the shops, into the stores. I guess the idea being you go in for your coffee and you end up buying like a snack or something else as well. And that's where they drive up their revenues. So there we go. That's the, that was the massive pivot that has meant that not only are they surviving, they're actually thriving through these most uncertain of times. There is far more clarity about, your, about what you're um, selling because they don't have to rely on having good weather and making sure people come to the food truck now. They know exactly what they're getting in advance. They've also, I didn't talk about this, but they've also set up the system so that the ordering closes, I think, on a Wednesday. I think it's open between Sunday and Wednesday or something like that. And then it closes for the Thursday, Friday, Saturday deliveries. So you can only purchase, you can only buy things through a certain window. And that way they've got really tight controls. They know exactly what food they need to order. And they can like make sure that everyone's being serviced in a really good way. And it's also that idea of like, when people, they sell out. Like they sold out in the, within hours on the first day of launching the online shop. So they've got that scarcity element as well, which is super valuable uh, in this online world as well. Sometimes difficult create to create, but I think they've created some amazing things on there. And so what, that was a fantastic summary, I think. And I think the Business Model Canvas was such a good structure for us to be able to learn that and go through it. And well done for, for, for doing that. Um, I, would, I would say as well, to the point about the subscription, it's because of the Canvas that we looked at it and I went, hmm, that's transactional sales still. That hasn't really changed. What would be cool is if that was a subscription model and then they'd be making, like that could work really well for them to hook hook people, um, keep people kind of uh, consistently spending money with them. Um, so, And so I think actually on that point, the business model canvas is not just a great tool when you're first, very first starting up a new idea, a new venture and trying to figure out what you should do. It's something you should revisit constantly because it will open up some of those insights that you might have missed previously. It's also a great tool as we're doing to dissect other businesses and see how you can emulate them uh, and, and the journey that they've taken as well, which is v- largely the point of us doing this for you guys at the moment. Soren Kjertgaard, famous, um, uh, I think Norwegian, although it might have been Swedish, I think he was a Norwegian philosopher, said that life must be lived forward but it can only be understood looking back. There's a few different versions of the translation, but I like that. It's by you know using this that, yeah, we can use it to look forward, but also we can use it to reflect and look back and learn and understand um, about our business. So I think that's beautiful. I th- I'm just happy to have added that little bit of philosophy in on this episode. Um, what I do wanna know though, is Spencer, what are the implications of the poutine guy for other people that are trying to take their offline business and turn it online? I think that this is something that absolutely anybody can do. And I don't necessarily mean turning your food truck or your cafe into an online food delivery service. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is in times of crisis, in the most challenging of times that we have, 
there happens to be the most opportunity as well. And I think what we're seeing here is an opportunity that wouldn't have come to this business at all had it not been for the crisis. And what he's done is enabled him to take a different approach to his business, but still delivering incredible value that people love in a way that works now for him and the crisis and the, and the climate that we're currently in. So anybody can innovate, anybody can change what it is that they're doing. And I think that crises and challenges like this open up the possibilities that you've got to take with both hands and capitalise on. So anybody can take it. They say improvise, adapt, overcome. That's what this is about, right? Absolutely. Beautiful. I, the few moments, Himo, that you've <laughs> interjected on this episode have just taken it from a, I'd say, an eight up to at least an 8.1. I mean, at least <laughs> a nine. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. That's that's a beautiful thing. I think, can we, can we leave it there this week? I think we should. So it would be lovely if you could support us and like this video. If you're watching it on YouTube, why not subscribe? Um, and if you subscribe, why not take the next step and press the bell icon? Because that, that would really, really, really help us out. Um, but that's it really for this week. Um, if you've got any questions or comments, please feel free to put them in the comments um, and we'll definitely get back to you. So that's it from me. Spen, any other uh, comments from you? As always, a lot of love over here. Keep the love coming to us. We'll keep on doing this for you. Take care. Excellent. See you later, everyone. Bye.